Hey everyone, you're listening to So Many Sequels. I am Josh. I'm Andrew. I am the one they call Garrett. Every time with the nonsense. (laughs) And I'm David. Today on the show, we are talking about John Week. John Week. (laughs) John Week. Oops, I hit the mic too. What a start. It's John Week. John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum, uh, John Wick June continues here on so many sequels. I hate we, this has become a thing. We have fully really embraced hate. John Wick no, June. No, we have John not. Wick June, I said. Don't oh you God. dare lump me into these people that have uh, accepted this, because I have becoming a- This entire cast has embraced nope. John Wick June. <laughs> Garrett I like how, resists. Like, you, it's hard for you not to accidentally become John Wick's actual identity, where you're like, I'm June the Week. Hello. <laughs> I am Hello. from uh, I am from uh, Jordania, Transylvania. Um. June week. <laughs> this has just devolved already. Nope. John Wick June. John Wick June. Is, John Wick June. Has turned it off. Here we go. Do you no. prefer June Wick? They're turning it. I up. prefer John Wick. Yeah. John Wick June Chapter Three Parabellum. No, I'm yeah. gonna go make a sandwich. <laughs> um, last week on the show we talked about Chapter Two, which does not have a title. A subtitle. A subtitle. A sub-subtitle. I don't know. I mean, it, chapter two. Yeah, well. Yeah. So, but anyway, the movie ended with John Wick um, being deemed excommunicado from everyone. Um, he's no longer allowed to have service from the Continental, and a bounty has been put on his head starting at $14 million. Million dollars. Mm-hmm. John Wick is on the run most of this movie. Trying to uh, live, basically, yeah. is the yeah. plot of the film. So... Um, let's start with uh, describing the movie in one word. I'll go first. Gary, you want to go first? No, please. I'll go first. And I just might set the tone. I'm going to say outlandish. I'm going to say finally. It seemed aggressive. <laughs> Energizing. No, well, I'm going to say aggressive. Aggressive. There you go. And also, what? <laughs> <laughs> and who? And also, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> and oh no. Yeah, I watched a lot of the movie through uh, uh, with my hands over my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I say finally because of the action in this movie. Oh. This whole series. Oh, no, 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 no. Was no. there not no. enough before? There wasn't, and here's why. What? No, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. Here's This is why I say finally. I went into this franchise with the assumption that it was going to be crank-esque, shoot-em-up style, madhouse craziness. And there were things like that in each of the first two movies, but there were also parts where it would get really slow and yeah, not have some action. Yeah, it be a movie. It did. <laughs> and But this one gave me what I was excited about right. initially. Like, I'm not saying that this is a bad thing for the first two movies they were good movies and I was surprised that they were good movies in a pleasant pleasant way but this one was non-stop yeah. and that's what I was looking for when I first went into it and so now they gave it to me from start to finish I didn't feel like there was a lull it was high intense action you know, non-stop all the time and I loved it you know, you know what it is Garrett it's not really that it's the fact that they they go even more creative with it. Yeah. They get in some creative ways to start killing people in this yeah. movie. Where the first two are mostly gunshots and stab wounds. This one, we're getting into horse fights. Oh, we're yeah. We're getting into killing people on motorcycles. Yeah. We're getting into dog fights. Oh, yeah. We're getting into insane ways. I My boy, John people. Wick <laughs> of John Wick June fame <laughs> killed a man with a book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 
that's how it opened. That's how it began. That's, oh, that's how. That's so what I mean. Good. That's mean, that's where it's like crank. Crank is like the yes. most absurd ways you can find to kill somebody. And that's what, what I was looking have. for. Like that's what I expected. So when they finally gave me that craziness, that's what I mean. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, and that there wasn't good action in the first two. I'm saying they finally gave me what I was looking for when I went into this series. And that's mm-hmm. why my word was outlandish. They get more and more. Uh, absurd, ridiculous with how they achieve some of these fight sequences. And I'm not saying those are bad necessarily, but it's just from where we came with John Wick 1, we've had a severe escalation Mm -hmm. in violence. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, it's like just when you think um, they can't make a fight scene entertaining anymore, they find a way. Oh, yeah. They find a way to one-up each successive fight, particularly in this film, but they've done it throughout the whole time. But this movie really is... uh, um, a series of scenes that like bridge fights. Yeah. And excuse me, sorry. <laughs> and uh, they 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 just get weirder each time. It's great. It's fun though. So it starts out um, almost immediately where J- John Wick Chapter Two left off. It says less than an hour. Yeah, I believe I believe they started. Um, I believe the uh, the announcer woman at the switchboard said twenty minutes. Something about that. Mm-hmm. 20 minutes until John Wick is excommunicado and the bounty is open. So John Wick is trying desperately to get away, get anywhere safe before um, the entirety of New York City decides to kill him. Mm-hmm. And uh, whoops. <laughs> he just ended it. You know, you're starting out in a bad place. Yes. It's, he's, at, he's at a low point uh, in terms of what he has access to. He's kind of stranded with just his dog. Mm-hmm. Goes to a library, finds uh, some uh, material he can use to help himself. Yeah, he's out, apparently hidden and is, in this very specific Russian book, and is immediately confronted by uh, Stephen Adams of the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> true that. True that. True that. And uh, Twitchy says, "I still got fifteen minutes," and the guy's like, "No one will know. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Who's Someone gonna, cares? Who's going to come check?" They get into a really awesome fight. This dude's like probably seven he's three. Huge. He's a massive individual. And like John, or like Josh says, kills him with a book. Book down, neck on the spine, snap. Well, and before that, he shoved the book in his mouth oh, and like yeah, and his punched jaw it and, and his, jacked his jaw up. Oh, oh, yeah. was, oh, oh, give me life. This was the this was the point when that when he snapped his neck over uh, over that book. I'm sitting next to Andrew in the film. Andrew, why and I watch this film together? Which is unique. Was was the first for me to watch a movie with Andrew, and he just goes. Well, hot damn. <laughs> so, we've kind of just launched right into this, which is good. But I, I do want to add that, um, okay, I, I don't know, that. this movie's got to be, what, a, at least a month old by the time I think, this yeah, episode drops. So, <laughs> spoilers, obviously. But also, it's almost hard to talk about in the, in the, the way we usually do because yeah. it, it is mostly action sequences. Mm-hmm. No, it's not so much plot-driven. Mm-hmm. It is, but... The first forever of the movie is just John traveling and fighting mm-hmm. with no with him going nowhere in particular. Yeah. Like any um, good, successful action film. Yeah. It tells the story through the fights. True. The the fight the the story is the constantly moving through the fights yeah. is him getting from A to B through these. So um after he manages to get the dog dog the dog <laughs> dropped off at the Continental, who is obviously uh, not part of the bounty, and he can stay at the Continental as long as he wants. Mm-hmm. And Ka- Karen, did we agree on Karen? Karen, yeah, uh, agrees to take him in. Um, he's then still trying to beat the clock, and that's when I think he goes to the library first. 
And after that, he ends up, I don't know, in some kind of room full of knives? Yeah, some kind of yeah, like, it was like knife a, store or something. Yeah, it was some like <laughs> ammo kind of crazy. It's, yeah. And that was maybe my favorite fight of the movie really oh, yeah. early on. Not just because of what Andrew is doing physically right now, which is impaling his eyeball, which is a part I did not see because I closed mine. Yeah, that was painful. That, that was hard to watch. That was painful. That was hard to watch. They are just, he is fighting two people with nothing but knives that they are punching through the glass case to get to. Mm-hmm. And once the fight hits its climax, John Wick is just flinging daggers into these people. And there is no remorse, no regard for human life. And these guys are just getting... Uh, turn into pin cushions. The F up. And there's like tomahawks around the room too. There's a great moment where like these the, guys are doing a hand-to-hand fight and then they realize there's knives around them so they're just, yes, they're just yeah. smashing witches yeah. getting on tomahawks and big knives. So after they're like the two bad guys are like literally full of knives John Wick picks up a tomahawk or an axe or something and just <laughs> flings it into his head. But it in the this lab, is yeah. a movie that you need to go see in theaters just because oh, of that experience oh, with the audience. Oh, yeah. Because this is, again, an over-the-top, crazy action-focused movie. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those movies where, like, you are allowed to have a reaction. Mm-hmm. And it's so much fun. Uh, in the opening of this podcast, we I said the word Jesus because there's a scene near the end where John Wick is falling from a roof and he's bouncing off of like fire escape rails. And after he landed on the ground, someone in the audience just went Jesus. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, it's so the atmosphere is great. The whole movie is just visceral. Yeah, like yes. it's it's you feel every punch. Yeah. Something every that doesn't get complimented like, is the sound design because yes, oh yeah, you can holy feel moly, the yes. weight of the the knives. You can feel this like. You can feel the the totally. weight of the weapons pretty much, just like how they yeah. sound hitting things, and how the pretty much how the like how the how everything just perfectly I, I, executes to make you feel every hit. Every I think punch, this movie's got stab. got sound design worthy of, of Oscar nominations. Fingers crossed. I really do. Fingers crossed. Design and editing both. It's just crazy. I have not complimented. I've not complimented this in the past few films, but it really is highlighted in this third film. This film. I don't know if he necessarily coined this way of shooting films, but it follows the Jackie Chan style of fight choreography. John Wick is always at a disadvantage, which makes him fighting more... Makes you want to see him fight. Like if John Wick was like, if it was John Wick and a bunch of friends against one, against a couple of guys, that's not as cool as John Wick versus six guys. Yeah, John Wick has to get out of the. John Wick's hands are tied. John Wick is stuck in a room with a bunch of horses. Mm-hmm. John Wick is on a motorcycle, and there's six other guys on motorcycles chasing him. John Wick is always at a disadvantage fighting from below. John Wick is fighting a seven foot three super monster. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, and it's because of that, and and the, and they don't cut on each punch. Which no. is something that a lot of they uh, let the they your, let that scene linger. Your Fast and Furiouses, your 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 Marvel movies, they cut on the punch because they don't really have necessarily the best, I think, fight stunt people working on those. They have good ones, but they they'll like cut on the punch and then they'll match action it with something yeah, yeah, else. Yeah. Whereas these films, like there'll be there'll be just like uh, one like ten second take of this fight sequence. They'll cut when the when the scene needs to transition, yeah. and they'll do the shot twice. They'll do the punch twice when they do do that match action shot, so you your eye can make that work uh, and see the punch and feel the punch. It's just incredibly. Uh, it's such a 
culmination of everything they've been doing yeah. working so well yeah i've been trying to think of another movie not even a like a franchise or a series just a movie in general that had such good fight choreography like it is really well done and and yeah the easy way out is to to match action and cut on every kind of a thing but this is just well planned thought out fight scenes and that i really like that andrew i like that i like that thing you said about jackie chan because one of the things that it kept bringing that i kept like getting vibes from was like john woo films mm-hmm. and I, i'm a huge fan of john woo films i think john woo films are awesome mm. um, it's a standard it's a standard and much much more even like uh Chinese uh, Chinese action films mm. because they're just they're riddled with action. I mean, you you, you watch the movie The Better to, uh, A Better Tomorrow or um, <clears throat> the movie that The Departed was the movie that, de- that The Departed was based off of, which is uh, Infernal Affairs. Mm-hmm. And there's a story there, but their action is very meaningful. And that's what I got from this. And I I, I feel like there's a giant influence on this. And that's what I took away most from this. That's what I love. I think that's what I loved mainly about this series, um, because I feel like they're very reminiscent of that, and I feel like they're trying to like they're trying to bring that type of action back. Like it's like old '90s type of action in 2010s time. Yeah. Hopefully, they inspire more people to kind of fuse this sort of thing into these yeah. you know these story these stories that we have that are kind of more character stories your yeah. fast and furiouses and your like marvel movies and your dc movies like get a little bit more of this type of fight choreography and i wonder how much friends. of that leads to the person so saying i'm trying to think of like another movie or franchise or whatever with mm-hmm. this kind of fight choreography go back to the matrix mm-hmm. i mean even yeah. that yeah, like yeah, yeah. keanu reeves just is a good fight person like he does it well and you look at those matrix movies and those fight scenes are amazing and similar to this like he's just really good at that aspect of acting anything he can do he will do yeah you know and i think that depends on somebody yeah well and we talked about it in um in mission impossible just yeah tom cruise running mm-hmm. like just him all out flat out running you don't even see that a lot of times in, in these action movies so like you can really tell who's dedicated to what they're doing mm-hmm. based on how it comes across on screen it's mm-hmm. it's more or less it's more or less shot and, on a green screen and, and that's not to say there's something we should talk about here too because well, i think this film might get uh it might get some overpraise at times too for being a lot of practical effects but there's a lot of cg here mm-hmm. but it's so well utilized that you don't notice it when they do use the cg you know the the the, the, the fake blood yeah. the the knives going into people the uh the that wasn't the, real the eye gouging all that stuff it's so subtle and it's and because they they light it differently than you than you would light say Thanos it's not noticeable it looks real because it's dark and it's and it's and it's neon fused and you know like you can hide a lot of the aspects of it so it doesn't look fake um i'm i wouldn't be surprised if there's whole landscapes in this movie that aren't technically there but they you they 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 create the the set just enough that you don't need to shoot in morocco you can create this incredible set and then accent it with really subtle design in the back for your cg so it marries together practical and cg 
in a way, kind of like Mad Max Fury Road. A lot of people were talking about how that did a great job of marrying practical effects with CG, mm-hmm. with, con- yeah. with generated effects. Andrew, you're a student of film. I try to be. So you say. So you say. <laughs> not a, not a not an enrolled one. But uh, dropout. <laughs> I'm, I'm school of life. Yeah. What What do you consider, or what do you think is known to be considered the golden age of action films? By decade, perhaps. <clears throat> I would have to say. I would have to say in the 90s. Really? <laughs> yeah. uh, I actually thought that first, but then I remembered the 70s. Mm. Do you think that might... How do you feel about that? I think the 70s was a good starting point. Okay. I so you think... Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm just what? putting words in your mouth. I was going to say, so you think the 70s kind of maybe built toward a golden age in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So what I'm getting at is, do you think we're entering a silver age of action films? With John Wicks and Mission Impossibles and and Hobbs and Shaws and Marvel. Fast and Furiouses and Marvels, are we seeing a return to action film? I think that I feel like we didn't get in the early odds. No, I think I th- I actually do think we are because when we when we got to the nineties, when we got to the nineties, we got there were there were several films that came out in the nineties that were uh, that were very prevalent in in film and. One one thing is is that we had John Woo cross over to American film, and he started doing. He did a movie called Broken Arrow, which wasn't very wasn't very critically praised. But then he did a movie called Face Off, mm-hmm. and then we saw other action films come up around that era. And of course, by the end of the decade, we had The Matrix. Yeah, I'm not, exactly. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Uh, uh, why did I forget his name? Keanu Reeves in The Matrix. Yeah. Um, um, we also had Pierce Brosnan's James Bond movies are silly action. But, um, but Schwarzenegger did some '90s action flicks. Schwarzenegger did like like True Lies. Uh, yeah. True Lies, which is a standalone film. Uh, Goldeneye, which was a return for James Bond. And I th- I think in the decade of the '90s there was only two James Bond films, mm. and it was Goldeneye and Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh, Tomorrow and those Never are huge dies. movies, and those were huge movies for the time. But like. Right now, like we hit kind of a, I feel like we hit a plateau. Um, right after the Matrix Reloaded or the Matrix uh, Revolutions, Revolutions, and then we had we had like epic franchises like say the Lord of the Rings, and then after the Lord of the Rings stopped, it just it kind of quit after a while. Well, yeah, action sort of subverted into other films like the superhero genre. Yeah, the. Uh, you know, sort of the the, the I don't, I'm trying to think of another genre that they really kind of made their way into, but you stop seeing like less critically acclaimed solo action films mm-hmm. of that sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the Stallone, John Claude Van Damme era yeah. that was a big era for uh, for for action movies. Steven Seagal always had one mm-hmm. or two somewhere. Um, I think that like the problem was that it hit that peak with the Matrix in the late '90s, early 2000s, and the problem is so many films. And this is not this is a good thing or a bad thing depending on how you view it. The Matrix was so iconic that a lot of films just became copies or attempts to recreate the Matrix, and recreating the Matrix is almost impossible. So there became sort of like a dull period for standalone action films. Yeah, every filmmaker in the world, like Matrix, inspired a ton of people to become filmmakers. Yeah, and everybody had their version of their take on doing something cool like that, but. <laughs> Nothing really, really, nothing really took hold. I, and I'm really glad John Wick took hold now. I think where it started to die off for me for like 
not die off per se, but just like kind of slow down in terms of action films. When I saw the movie in the very in 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 two thousand, uh, the movie called Gone in sixty seconds, which had mm, Nicholas, no. which had Nicholas Cage, Nicholas Cage, uh, Angelina Jolie, Angelina Jolie, and a bunch of Robert Duvall. There's a lot of people in that movie, but like it was a remake. It was a remake of like a nineteen eighties or nineteen seventies independent film, mm-hmm. and I felt like that movie was trying way too hard, and I felt like. Uh, I th- I think one of the prevalent that's another person that was really relevant in the '90s was Jerry Bruckheimer. Mm-hmm. Jerry Bruckheimer started started uh, doing films in the '80s, mm-hmm. but really warmed up in the '90s. And of course, he and, spawned what would ultimately be many people's what many people consider the death of the action franchise. I agree. Yeah. Go ahead. I'll let you say it. No, no, no. No, 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 no. no. You say it. No, you say it. Do you know who it is, John? I don't know what you Who do you think is the king of action film that people critically pan? Oh, that's a trick. I feel like it's a trick question. It's not necessarily a trick question, but it should come It should should be fairly obvious. Just think about the mid-2000s. The mid-2000s. Mid-2000s. And oh. uh, Major film director. Finan- like oh, we're talking about director or actor? Director. Oh. Top action. Like gets Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Okay. And that's why I think action film really took a dip because people started to view Bayism or Bayhem <laughs> yeah. as, Bayhem. as exactly good. what action films was, which was dumb action. And I think that we lost out on smart action films like The Matrix. And finally, maybe we're getting back to that here in the mid. Yeah, yeah I think so. That mid, so. Late 20, uh, late teens. That was, a, that was a fun tangent that I'm not at all upset <laughs> happened. <laughs> Um, no, these I'm I'm really thrilled that John Wick is inspiring uh, such an interesting conversations among us. I didn't I wouldn't have guessed it when we started. No, um, nice. This movie's been full of surprises. And like I said when we started, this this movie is particularly hard to follow our typical uh, um, uh, outline. So we'll, we're trying. Um, so, surprise cameo. Yeah, Halle Berry returns. This oh, is yeah. like the best thing Halle Berry has done in. Ages. I made an effort to look, and she, her last, um, like, uh, blockbuster film, if you could even call it that, was was uh, Kingsman in, in 2017. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I that wasn't even was a huge, Kingsman. exactly. That one. She's not a huge <laughs> part of it. And it's not, I just say it's the closest thing to a blockbuster. I don't think it really was that huge. Yeah. Um, and then before that, it was like... I think Days of Future Past in 2014. Yeah, yeah. Say, what was it, that? Had to, it had to have been an X Men movie. So it was. What was, was that film she did with Tom Hanks where there was they were like playing? Like oh, Cloud Atlas. Characters. Cloud Atlas. Yeah, uh, that I, was kind that, of a, a bust. I'm particularly was, talking about yeah blockbusters. Yeah, because she's a she was a blockbuster actress in yeah, the 90s yeah. and mm-hmm. early 2000s. But yeah, you're right. She's terrific. Yeah, she's great. I I was so surprised to see her. I had to like blink a couple times and be like, that is Halle Berry, right? And right. Then I finally decided it was her. Yeah. But she and she had a great role. Uh, what a badass character she is, Sophia. Right. Um, so to catch people up to the where we are plot wise, um, John has gone to um, a woman referred to as the director, who um, it certainly seems to imply that he trained under her situation. Oh yeah, played by Angelica Houston. Yes, yeah. so. He has a ticket, what they keep calling a ticket, mm-hmm. which essentially means um, she she can get him out to safety. Um, and she great risk. resists at first, and he's like, no, I am Jordania, whatever, mm-hmm. of yeah, John this place, Jordan, John Donnie. Uh, basically, he kind of talks her into it. 
she ships him off to like Morocco, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. And that is where he catches up with Sophia, who he has another blood oath with, but this time she needs to help him. Right. She That's owes him, we're... and she has uh, two vicious German shepherds that are all yeah. horrible when they need to be. I want right. to pet them. I want to pet them big uh, puffs. And uh, it's so, what's also going on during this time frame is a character named the Adjudicator, Adjudicator. Mm-hmm. shows up. I didn't catch the actress who plays her. Maybe someone can look that up, but... She comes in. She is putting basically anybody who has helped John Wick on notice. Yeah, she's Winston, like a continental. You're on notice. She's with the high. She's table. like a high table law enforcement type yeah. of person. That's how I figured it. Like so, a judge of some sort. So, so Winston's in trouble because there's been quite a few instances recently, specifically involving John Wick at the Continental. And then she goes to uh, to Lawrence Fishburne, the Bowery King, which we talked about last week. He makes his epic return. And puts him on blast and says, if you don't get out of here, you're going to get punished too. Mm-hmm. And she is no effing nonsense. No nonsense. This character. And I actually really dug her because she does, was not intimidated by any of these people in no, this film. she wasn't. She had felt like she had all the power and she was not willing and she was totally willing to use it. And um, at, she also goes and recruits a, a Japanese assassin um, who is pretty badass, but also incredibly uh, humorous. Yeah, he's they brought in a lot more humor uh, goofy. With this he's film. a he's a goofball. Yeah, they brought in a lot more a deadly humor one with it, this film. He's like a personable. He's like a personable assassin. Well, he's yeah, a like, fan of John Wick, which is what he's like. John I'm a big w- fan. I mean, I mean, which so. is a theme in this movie. A lot of these uh, people who are out to kill him are like, it's an honor to fight you, sir. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be. An and honor, then like, they die horribly. And then they die horribly, <laughs> except for those two at the end, who he says, "Be seeing you." After he like throws them through the bullet. Proof yeah, floor. Like, you guys earned my respect. You guys yeah. kick ass. <laughs> okay, so so then yeah, Halle Berry. They go to meet uh, Braun of the Blackwater from Game of Thrones, it. and uh, you got a, you know his name in the movie. I don't know, I don't even know who he's talking about. You don't remember? This is we, the guy when you say Braun. I don't know who that is. I just know it's a Game of Thrones character. It is a Game of Thrones yeah. character. He's. I don't know what you guys were doing watching that show. The guy's on like six seasons of the show. So trying desperately to be entertained. I like we Bron. <laughs> Bron was one of the few people that I did like. Someone yeah. tell me who Bron is. He is the guy who is Tyrion's right-hand guy who's always with him. <laughs> and then he and hangs then he out with Jamie, with Jamie Lannister, Lannister after that. And that's where I've gotten to. So I will not continue from there. Okay, and half, we won't spoil it. the halfway anything. point of season six. All right, fair Anyhow. enough. Uh... Anyway, he so that guy's in the movie. This is like another Game of Thrones. And he shoots dog. Have he these people dog. not learned that it's a bad idea to shoot a dog? Which becomes the one of the biggest laughs of the movie is that uh, she sh- he shoots one of Halle Berry's dogs. Halle Berry uh, and John Wick unleash effing hell. Oh she yeah, that whole it. action sequence is amazing. That he's dude. like, he's like, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm gonna and, do it. And he goes, and so she he after this she goes, he shot my dog and something like that. And John Wick goes, I, I get, get it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Like it. It's great. Big laugh line. Yep. But that whole action sequence with Halle Berry and or, uh, her character, I don't remember her name in the movie. Sophia. Sophia. And John unleashing all holy hell on these people and the dogs, the dogs. also killing everything in the background. Just absolutely a great sequence. That's my favorite part of the film is the dog fight sequence. These dogs, Heron House, one of them does an incredible thing where it... Uh, 
and this is probably somewhat special effects, but I've seen dogs do this. He like runs up like a twenty foot wall. Yeah, he jumps off here, Hallie's back, back, and and then catches himself halfway up the wall, and then makes like the final leap, and then grabs onto a guy's arm and just rips him out of there. That was not his arm. That yeah, was, they oh, those dogs exclusively go for the no no zone. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, and what was great is like the end of every after every guy is dead, they just keep gnawing on their arms. Yeah, like just, and just dragging them. And, and Hallie Barry's uh, Sophia is at no like no no cares she's not like all right he's dead let him go no let him eat a little bit (laughs) no it's one of the coolest most innovative way to uh, like fight scenes in a long time and i thought honestly the film couldn't top the horse barn fight scene at the beginning of the movie and they bring in these dogs i gotta scream at a beat when we we just gotta jump all over the place with this movie it's just too much i was gonna say you guys must have had like a really we had a a rowdy crowd and i loved it and i i we didn't i participated yeah he he smacks that horse and he kicks him and i went oh (laughs) <laughs> it was fantastic. It's like a David Chappelle setup. Absolutely I didn't. I didn't fantastic. see. You, like you're gonna use horses as a weapon now? Damn. Then I got he sad did it twice. Yeah. I was afraid the horses were gonna get hurt, but none of them did. Thankfully, yeah. and then he rode a horse out of there, and yep. then dragged that guy straight into that wall. It was great. So anyway, fast forward an hour back to Sophia. <laughs> my one, my one issue with that scene, and it was just I laughed to myself in my head because it was silly to even think about it in this world. I was like. They don't reload near enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she emptied a lot of pis- a lot of pistol like, bullets. Like, like, like seventeen. Shots those clips don't hold that many bullets in a pistol. Yeah. And then, right as I was starting to think, this is too much. Like they showed John reloading something. I was like, ah, okay. From there, uh, they go to the desert. John Braun uh, had told. John Wick that if he like, goes to the desert and like walks till basically he can't walk anymore, the head of the high table will find him. Sure, the elderly, the el- yeah, and uh, then, so John is going to do this. They go out in the desert. <laughs> the elderly, uh, the elderly's Andrew. I I got uh, sidetracked. Sorry. Uh, they do not give. Uh, Halle Berry refuses to basically give him any water. She takes the little bit of water she has not given her dogs, drinks it, and then spits it back <laughs> into yeah. swishes it. Yeah, and then spits it back into the bottle for him. John goes rude. on a long walk, meets the guy, meets the elder, or meets the head of the high table, whatever his name is. The guy says, "I'll let you off." I'll let you off. You can be back in, and nobody will be hunting anymore. You just got to do one thing. You got to go kill Winston. And you got to basically uh, destroy the Continental back in the U.S. Yeah. So John uh, accepts these terms and has to get his finger cut off. No, oh, by himself. He off his own finger. And his ring finger, too. Yeah. It seemed like such a dumb way to take that ring off. Yeah. I gotta say. Yep. Did. He could have just said, here, take this ring. Nice of them to carterize the wound, though. Yeah. Oh, God, that was another one where I was like, oh! Yeah, poor John got burned burn. too many times. Yeah. So he goes back to the Continental. Yeah. Uh, Winston's like, you're going to kill me, huh? Mm. And he was like, ah. Uh, maybe. No. Uh, and then, then the adjudicator comes in and is like, are you going to resign? And Winston's like, no. And then are she goes, are you going to kill him? And he's like, no. And so then they bring in all of these super forces, Winston, John Wick, don't and forget about the part where she deconsecrates the oh, yeah, Continental. So yeah. Now business is good to business go. Business is open at the Continental. Which I argue it already was. But they yeah. <laughs> so they open it up, bring in uh, Zero and his group, which is the Japanese assassin yes. that they get recruited, along with people from the high table. John oh, man. and the concierge. Uh, team up mm-hmm. to blow these people away. They're wearing like super body armor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't be shot normally. John has to like 
take them down physically and then like get under their helmet and yep. pop caps in them. So they, they that was my favorite scene. They yeah, they go through all of the bullets and then they have to go back downstairs and they're like, We need more armor piercing bullets and then they pick up these big ass shotguns uh-huh. with armor piercing and they blow the heads off that, of that first people. shot yeah when, when you they also scream Karen, the yeah blows that guy's head i did we all screamed again yep. and no, like i can't tell you how much the audience screamed it was fantastic it was so good that was i think back oh it goes back to the that. sound design those were meaty gunshots yeah just boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. just blowing these guys with their and their body armor just going yep. really loud heads blowing up something we skipped over they go back to lawrence fishburne She's oh like, yeah, yeah, seven. You gave him seven bullets. You get seven cuts, and zero just <laughs> slices them all up. Appears to be dead. And so then, back where we were in the movie, yeah, John Wick. They obliterate as much of these guys as they can, and uh, when the adjudicator call, makes a deal with, could they call a parlay? Uh, parlay, yeah. <laughs> She calls him and is like, maybe we should uh, take a pause here. And he's like, Parlez-vous. okay, Parlez-vous. yeah. <laughs> so they meet and uh, they decide that. All Winston wanted was to show strength so that they so that he could keep the Continental and they reconsecrate it. Mm-hmm. And then they go, what do we do with John Wick? And then Winston shoots him and he falls off the edge of the roof. I guess he'll have to die. Bounces <laughs> back and forth. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, okay, everything's back to normal, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But then John Wick vanishes. John and we're all like, gone. what? <laughs> right. And so in the movie ends yep. with John Wick being uh, drug underground by underground. In, in the in the sewer and who does he come upon the heavily sliced up Bowery King Lawrence Fishburne who says John I'm really pissed off <laughs> are you pissed off and John just shakingly raises his head yeah here's my question about all of this Chapter four. It's, it sets up a chapter four, which we're gonna. Have, this is the first one we're gonna have to do a bonus episode. I can't wait as we go on. But here's my question: Give it to me now. Was this a setup for Winston to show it, or were Winston and John Wick working together? Because throughout this whole thing, those two have been working together. Mm-hmm. Do we think that it was part of the plan? I'm gonna because s- here's here's why I ask. Because watching this again, I I would have to see it again. <laughs> but whenever he got shot. By Winston. It did not look like it was doing a lot of damage. So my theory is that John was wearing some of those high body armored things and that Winston shot him on purpose Mm. to make it look like he was doing his thing so he could get the Continental back. Mm. John stays alive and is able to go off and do whatever. I'm going to say I don't believe for one second that they're not in it together. And my my only issue, though, is... uh, uh, whether he wore armor or not, uh, being thrown from the building, we should have killed him. Yeah. <laughs> well, he doesn't walk away. Apparently, he's, he's dragged away. He's dragged right. away. And that's away. why part of me is questioning whether or not they were on the same side because there's no way for them to have contacted the Bowery King. Right. So, either the plan was for him to just get up and walk away, or it was a true betrayal and that there just happened to be one of the Bowery people there and they carried him and yeah. John Wick is really angry that he was betrayed by a friend. Here's what I'm going to say. Winston is not necessarily betraying John Wick. In his view, he is saving John Wick. He's giving John Wick an out by shooting him and making it perceived that he's dead. But John Wick might not have been in on that plan. Sure. Like, this is something Winston has come up with within the moment of John Wick coming out of the elevator and being asked, what do we do about John Wick? So he's thinking... There's no way out for him. 
Like John doesn't have what I have, which is the leverage of the Continental. John Wick has no leverage. I will shoot John Wick. I know he's wearing body like that. He has a suit that's made of body armor, basically a Kevlar black suit. I'm going to shoot him where I know it's safe. If he wanted him dead, he shoot him in the head. Mm. He doesn't. He shoots him right in the chest. John Wick tumbles over. Winston has seen John Wick survive enough that he's probably like John will survive. Like, and if he doesn't, then I'm saving him. If he does survive, he will repel on a lot of people and then come to me and I will explain, John, I knew you'd always make it. Yeah. Like, that's just kind of the the sort of subterfuge and subversion that they kind of use in these films, it seems like, when they talk in general. And uh, so I feel like that's going to be sort of the plan. Is John Wick wasn't necessarily in on the plan, but Winston didn't really intend to kill him. Because if he had, I think Winston's probably a good shot. They just shoot him in the head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's my take on it. Andrew, in on the plan? Not in on the plan. Go. I don't really have an opinion. (laughs) (laughs) I have no opinion. Yeah, you guys pretty much said it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you guys really did pretty much say it. I really Uh, But which one? Because we said different things. Yeah. So which one do you think? Which of the three of us is right. Yeah. We both kind of think he's in on it. He thinks he's not really in on it, but he was still helping him. I... I would have to venture to say he probably was in on it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah, I mean that's I I don't really have too much to add to that. I just yeah. Okay. I haven't given I'm much. So, thought. I'm sorry. I no, really I really, I really have not given that much thought. But now now that y'all mention it, I'm like yeah, that, it probably makes sense. He probably was in on it. So we covered a lot of things that we love. Let's sorry. Let's no. Let's, let's let's try to find some things that we didn't like, or maybe some things that have some questions that we. Uh, yeah, I definitely heard that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's try to find some things we didn't like, or whatever. Uh, I'll let other people talk. I got one to start with. Go ahead. And it's not that I don't like it; it's that it's that I have more questions. Um, so in John Wick Chapter Two, we're kind of like, all right, the Bowery King, Lawrence Fishburne. What is your deal? We kind of figure that out in this one. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's happening here in John Wick Chapter 3 leading into 4 with the very, what I found to be the odd presence of very funny man, Jason Manzukis. Yeah. Why? He is too famous to be a small role. And because he's the one who brings John to the Bowery King at the end, I gotta think he plays a big role going forward. Mm-hmm. He's very funny. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why he's there. And <laughs> It's driving me nuts wondering. Yeah. Because I, I see Jason Manzoukas in the in the uh, alley, who right. appears to be a homeless man, but then he reveals he's an assassin, and he's like, TikTok, Mr. Wick. Hilarious on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, this guy. Yeah, Hilar- cool. the league on FX, very funny man. He's going to be, I think you will have a big part in four. I do too, and I, I that's my big question coming out of this, is I need to know what Jason Manzoukas I, is doing. My full question about the Bowery King is, what is their full connection to the high table because we kind of talked about in the second one how it seems like they're their own separate underground thing but they are also getting all of those notifications that they send out so they're on the phone so part of them is associated it with seems the to high me table that the the now, bowery and like the the directors i don't remember what she was called her adjudicator no nah, oh, i'm sorry the collective or whatever yeah. that was training john and all like her area and the Bowery King are like are like states, and the high table is like the federal government. Mm-hmm. So they like oversee all of them, but they also run themselves. They're within the higher. That's how I criminal underworld. That's how I took it. Yeah. Like he, because he's like, yeah, I run my, I'm my by my own rules, but she's like, yeah, but you are our rules. Yeah. 
my other thing was for real is everyone an assassin in new york because yeah. <laughs> we open it up at the library where john wick goes to find his materials and they're having this fight with him and and steven adams <laughs> they're fighting there's somebody if you look there's somebody sitting at those computers just do 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 typing away and they are clearly fight like that is a that is a fight where they there may not have been a gunshot or anything right. but like you know that people are fighting they're not being quiet and they're just sitting at that table like whatever man i don't know I'm not playing this game. Yeah. And, and it just kind of continues throughout the whole thing where, like, is everyone in his ass? And if they're not doing that, they're, like, eyeballing him. Yeah. Like, they're aware. They're not going to go for it. They're not going to risk the John Wick fight. Mm-hmm. But they're looking. Like, they know. There's, like, he passes by, like, if he passes by 20 people on the street, 18 turn around and look at him. Right. They know it's John Wick and there's a bounty on his head. Yeah. Andrew? My least think, favorite? My least favorite scene. Uh... Let's see. Um, I really did not like when uh, the the ending with uh, with the sword with the swordsman. Mm-hmm. I feel like that went on just a little too long. With the two guys or the one guy? Yeah, the two, uh, the, the two guys. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two guys. It did go on just a tad bit too long. Yeah, I will say. I know that you all have talked about the dog fight. Mm-hmm. I feel like the dog fight. Drug on just a tiny bit. Go away. Get out of here, sir. You are wrong. You are incorrect. It does go on a while, but that's not necessarily a detriment for me, but I can understand if it was. Right. I mean, it... I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Josh takes no prisoners. Um, But no, other than that, I don't really have any other reservations to to this film Uh, that I didn't like. There's there's just... There's a lot of stuff that I I really liked. I loved (laughs) the Matrix references. Yes. And granted, because... We have Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, and the keymaker from yeah, the, key the Matrix yeah. Reloaded. Yeah, the he the was the doctor who fixes him. Oh, that was that yeah, was the keymaker. Key yeah. I, I remember looking at him and I said, "I said that's the keymaker." Yeah, you looked over like, and I was like, "What about I, key, I thought gatekeeper what? and the keymaster?" I, I thought to myself, <laughs> "Did Andrew watch the movie before me? Like, did he, is he seeing it with me for the second time?" He, goes, he just like leans over like immediately. So no, like, keymaster from the Matrix. <laughs> and I mean, you know what? I, mean, I was joking. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah, and, and I was like, I was like, uh, yeah, it is. And then like as a movie scene went on, I went, oh, it actually is the key. Yeah, maker. yeah. <laughs> I was joking, and I'm just like, man, he looks like he looks like the key man. He looks like the uh, the key maker from the Matrix Reload. And then I looked it up later, and I'm like, oh shit, he actually is the key maker from. <laughs> I'm also gonna so, push back on you, Andrew, a little bit as far as the fight with the two guys. Okay, because. I have been wanting, and I, and I talked about this last episode, about how they've been building up these people to give John Wick a run for his money. Mm-hmm. And those two, along with Zero, finally did. Mm-hmm. Some They finally took him to the limits. They kicked his ass for a little bit. And that's what I wanted out of um, sure. Ares from mm-hmm. the, the other one. Because they built her up like she was going to be the one to challenge him, and she really did not, in my opinion. And even like Miss Perkins and Willem Dafoe's yeah. characters, like they were kind of built as these other, and, on his level, assassins, yep. but they never quite had it. Correct. And so finally, you have the... And, and granted, it's a two-on-one situation, but like that's that's what he's been doing all day. But like sure. they whooped up on him, mm-hmm. and there was like this mutual kind of like respect situation that was going on so like they'd kick his butt and then they'd let him get back up and then he was able to get a belt and then they kind of continued that fight and so it really set the tone of like these are students of zero and he eventually beat them and then they had a really good fight with him and zero there was a good back and forth zero got the upper hand a couple of times john wick ultimately walked away with the end but that whole thing set up 
that zero really is very good because he's training these guys. So it led to to that buildup, and so I was really satisfied with that. Yeah, that was all great. I there, I have uh, one two little things. That's fine. Go we ahead. were talking about the absurdity and variance of assassins in this movie, and I was there was a moment where I was like, I keep feeling like Odd Job's going to walk out at any time from James Bond, <laughs> like he's going to come fling a hat at somebody. Um, Miley's favorite scene is the last scene of the movie, the one that we described a moment ago of him being drugged to a still alive Bowery King, and it just felt really hokey to me. It felt really hokey and really like sequel itis y. Like, you know, people complain about uh, tropes and sequels and things like that, and just be like, John, are you pissed off? And John would be like, yeah, movie ends. And it just felt so like it was too cliffhangery, and it wasn't, it wasn't as subtle as some of the storytelling in these movies granted this is a very overt film yeah well that was a word we could have used for one word overt mm-hmm. uh and it was just so it was a little hokey for me that last scene i mean i appreciate that we're going to get more john wick but it was just kind of like it felt very well we got to end this film some way that leaves us like ready for a new film let's just do the most stock setup we can for the next one i think the reason why I think the reason why I didn't like it is because up until that time, I felt really exhausted after watching because we watched. I don't know how long John Wick is. Probably about maybe two, two hours and ten minutes. Okay. Yep. So Eight minutes of, of uh, uh, credits. It, it, it like the, like there's so much action going on. There's so much action going on, and granted, that's not a bad thing. But at the same time, it's like. It gets kind of exhausting. You're just like, good lord, what else can they That's do? That's because you get sleepy in all movies that take place in dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never climb your chair. <laughs> it's not, you're not totally wrong though. It is an it is it's a, an exhausting movie. They don't let up. There's very little rest. The most rest you get in this movie is probably the scene we described in the desert. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. That's that's the most stoic one. I was gonna say that's this. What I found hokey and unnecessary was John Wick uh, crawling through the desert yeah. alone. How many movies have we seen that in with one character just like (sighs) so thirsty, grasping for life, and he collapses in the desert only to be awakened by someone who found him? I just didn't need that. I've seen that a billion times. I just want to point out that's exactly what I said whenever I was talking about the fight scene in the The rain rain. in the first one. That's right. You didn't like the rain. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You didn't like the weather. Never liked the rain. I didn't like. I'm not mad about the desert. I'm I'm annoyed that um, you're annoyed about the cliche the, of something cliche. taking place. That's exactly what I was annoyed with. We've had some. No. We've had some. I don't, they're not the same. They're not the same. No, because you specifically said you weren't mad about I the fight. Like, you were mad that it was raining. I'm mad that it was a cliche fight in the rain. I will give this to Garrett. I feel like we have seen. We do see rain fights more than we see desert strolls. I don't know. There's an awful lot of desert strolls in movies that have yeah, desert. There's settings. a lot, but I feel like there's more rain fights. I also think that the movies are a little too long. I think they can make some cuts here and there, and they could have shortened it a little bit. Like, I'm not complaining about it, but I no. would say that two and, like, the first one was what? Less than two hours, right? It was, yeah, it was like an hour. The other two have been longer than two hours, and I think that that's unnecessary. I think it could have been tightened up a little bit, but whatever. Yeah. Especially the second one. The second one was, it felt long, but that's just because I didn't like that middle part. This one I didn't have a problem you know with it's, You know what I, uh, I love about this? We think that the... Because I think probably everyone felt like everyone has expressed some kind of thing about the movie feeling long at times, but no one has agreed on what part should be cut. Yeah, yeah. that is it. Yeah. That, yeah. Like you all had a big argument about what I think is also a too long fight scene and then the desert scene. Mm. So what 
what could have been cut? I don't know. See, that we would see, all agree on. Some of the fights at the beginning. This is what I. Now those were the best fights. Yeah, I know, but I. <laughs> you could have structured them either fast, shorter, or you could have. You could have moved some maybe to a later point in the film so that they, they, uh, pace up the slower parts that some people feel at the be- at, at, towards the middle or end of the film. I don't know. I'm trying trying to rewrite this is an impossible, yeah. almost impossible because everything about it just does work so well. I. I- See, my, my, I will say that, like, although I think there are parts of this movie that are too long, I accept it because it's, that's just part of the John Wick universe. It, it would be like well, if you took if you took the action out of any Marvel movie. Well, it wouldn't make sense. Yeah, and with this one in particular, the story parts are not the long parts. No, no the not. fights are all extended. Mm-hmm. Like the only way to cut it down is to cut down the fights. Yeah, or cut down the expositional scenes you guess you could cut down the part where he goes and those would to, be hard you where could, he goes to the director where he goes to the, the people that trained him you could cut that part down i suppose you you could i mean yeah you could argue that although the although the action scenes are long none of it is unnecessary it doesn't quite reach the point of tedious no no it's not and i mean i i don't think quite. any i don't think any of it's unnecessary i mean you I mean, there's a lot of action movies out there that have action that are, that is unnecessary. It just feels like it builds like here, we have to have an action set. We have to have set piece here, here, and here. Mm-hmm. So we're building to each of those. This one just nonstop. <laughs> yeah, just nonstop. And it, I accept it. I accept it for the way it is. Yes, there are scenes in the, there are scenes in this that I don't really agree with. I mean, there are scenes in this that I am like, all right, this this needs to wrap up. And because you know, either John Wick is going to die or John Wick is going to kill this guy. Mm-hmm. Which John Wick kills the guy. Yeah. Because he's John Wick and you don't fuck with John Wick. Yeah, that's true. Or his dog. Which we have, we have thoroughly learned over the course of this series. Mm-hmm. Not, and you damn sure don't mess with Sharon. Don't tug on with Sharon. John Wick's cape. Karen. You, know, you definitely don't, ma- right. don't mess okay. with Sharon. So uh, should this movie have been made? Yeah. A hell yes for me. Yeah. Yeah. Undoubtedly. Because the setup for the sequel was just too too much. We you had, had to wrap you it had up. to wrap this well, up. Well, they didn't wrap it up. They're going to make a fourth one. Well, I mean, you had to wrap Well, they wrapped up that portion. Yeah. He's yeah. not, you know, as far as the world is concerned, he's been killed. Yeah. Now yeah. it's a new setup. Well, now it's not John Wick against the world. Now it's the world against John. Or now now it's not uh the world against John Wick. Now it's, it's John, John Wick versus the world. Which is what John Wick 1 was, now, yeah. which is why I'm now even he's more on the attack. He's going after the high table. He's going to flip the table. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if John Wick Chapter 4 is called something like John Wick Chapter 4 at <laughs> the high table or something yeah. like that. Cool. So, I think it should have been made. I mean, you look at how successful the second one was. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any point to not do a sequel. Unless you just couldn't get Keanu Reeves back or something. But he uh, he's had, already said that he will do them as long as the fans yeah. want them. Yeah. And, and that's... And that, and so, like, short of, short of a major... Uh, withdrawal like that like Keanu Reeves saying I just can't do it anymore or I don't want to do it anymore like there's no reason to not make seven of these or eight of these I would yeah. be on par to say that Keanu Reeves is just as good maybe if not I don't know maybe if not better than Tom Cruise because mm-hmm. like I yeah. like I like Keanu Reeves I like Keanu Reeves because in real life he's not a douche <laughs> and Tom Cruise Tom- is the action star we deserve and <laughs> Keanu Reeves is the one we need right now. Correct. <laughs> and there's your Dark Knight reference for the show. All right. I mean, like, do I we think... We don't deserve Keanu. We don't deserve Keanu, <laughs> but by God, we got him. 
But like Tom Cruise. I mean, Tom Dwayne Cruise, The Rock Johnson. Dwayne, these oh, are yeah. your big action stars. These are your big action stars. And then you got Keanu, who never would have. Th- I mean, never would have thought he would be this big today. Yeah, it's a, you know, like we talked to us just, uh, talked about the Keanu Sons. Because Keanu Sons, it's here, it's here. Get used to it. It's here, just Get ready time for John Wick Jr. He's about to. We're going to talk uh, in several weeks about Toy Story Four. Yeah, uh, people have been raving about his performance in Toy Story Four. So we are not even close to done with Keanu Reeves this no. year. No, and he's unpredictable. I mean, in terms of his talent, he's very unpredictable, and whatever he does unpredictably is quite. Good. Is Bill and Ted coming out this year? Or is that next year? I don't know when that's supposed to come okay. out. So Working like he's got he more and more. He's got more and more and more coming out. Keanu, Keanu. Okay, one anyway. of us. <laughs> one of us. Uh, box office. Let's do All that. All right, let's do some quick box office stats. Hard to say because it's a fresh movie. It is. We fresh. don't have a total yet. Uh, John Wick Chapter Three Parabellum. Which, by the way, if you don't know, Parabellum means we learned it in the film. It's Latin for prepare for prepare war. Prepare for war. You know, if Parabellum. Parabellum. Prepare for war. And uh, debuted uh, the weekend of May 17th of this year, 2019. It finished with a three-day opening total of $56 million in the United States. So if you're rem- trying to remember the old one, the other ones, we had, I believe, uh, we had John Wick 2 opened to $30 million. John Wick Chapter 1 opened to... Uh, where, where, here's $3. Here. Opened to not much. It opened to... It was like 8 right? $8. $8 million. One ticket. $14 million. $14. There we go. I'm sorry. My notes are a little uh, all together. Long. Here. So they are long. I've got, <laughs> I've put all three movies on one note, on one note sheet here. So, um, where was I? Anyway, the debut is the highest, uh, actually the, that debut. So $56 million is higher than the total domestic run of John Wick one. No, nice. that's how big the, the wow. franchise has become is the cool. third movie open bigger than the first movie finished, which is pretty great. Um, also in the top 10 that, this week is a bunch of movies that will sound very familiar to you. No, no. Uh, we've just got done watching a lot of them. Uh, number one that weekend was John Wick, the first yeah. John Wick to open at number one with $56 million. It would unseat Avengers Endgame at the box office number one spot, which was in its fourth week at $29 million. Pokemon Detective Pikachu is number three with 25 movie. mil. Great a Dog's movie. Journey. We talked about this last Oof. week. A dog's Journey. Dog's Purpose for Chapter 2. What will we get for John Wick Chapter 4? A Dog's for, what? A I'm dog's, pushing for the crossover. A Dog's Memory, maybe. Who mm, knows? We'll a see. Dog's Parabellum. A Dog's Parabellum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's what we'll go with. Andrew, make that poster for us. You're good at movie. You're I make, want it. You're good at pictures. Make us a, dog, make us a Dog's Parabellum. Uh, <laughs> the Hustle. Oh my god! Would be number five. Uh, that's Listen, actually just don't go see it. Second weekend. Uh, I won't. We have don't uh, do it. A movie that really overperformed. We haven't really talked about on this show. The Intruder with uh, Dennis, Dennis Quaid, Quaid. That has been overperforming quite a bit. Why? Uh, I don't know. It's just doing like it's it's another movie, not a high budget, but it's just per- overperformed in almost every aspect. It's not doing great necessarily. It's not doing like. Uh, obvious like Detective Pikachu no numbers. but if it's doing better than expected but that's it's doing better. that's too yeah. much so then you got uh, Long Shot was at number 7 at this go point go see that one. that's a good one uh, The Sun is also a star at number 8 a movie called Palms at number 9 and then Ugly Dolls at number 10 will you do me a favor sure thing. will you scroll through that until you find Booksmart uh, I don't think I don't it was think, out yet. No, Booksmart was it not out at this time? Uh, okay, because I was going to say if Palms was in the top ten and Booksmart wasn't, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a fit. Uh, no, Booksmart had not released. Okay, well then this is an acceptable top ten to me. It will release I think the following weekend. 
Um, but go see Booksmart. For 2017. For well, actually, hang on, let me go back. Excuse me, 2019, excuse me. So, uh, at the time of this podcast, we're going to date the podcast a little more here. Uh, the movie currently sits at $133 million, which will probably go to uh, maybe 140 by the weekend's end, projected to make between 5 and $7 million this weekend. And um, it's in its fourth weekend. Uh, if you add that with the current $98 million it's made overseas, uh, it has a worldwide total of $231 million, which is about, uh, about way over its budget. I put four times here, but I think that number is actually going to end up being wrong by the time this movie finishes. So I'm not going to leave it on. And then uh, it's on track to make between 150 and 158 Initially, people had hopes that it was going to make about 170 but I think with Aladdin and with mm-hmm. uh, Rocket Man. And uh, even a movie like Ma, a lot of overperformers this year, like doing really well. And I think it's going to end up, if John Wick hadn't had that competition, it might have made 170. But it's probably going to finish between, like I said, 150, 158. I bet they'll leave it, I don't know how long they'll leave it in theaters. They left John Wick 1 in theaters for 13 weeks, John Wick 2 for 11. Yeah, I got to think with the much money he's making, it'll stay around a so, little longer. Currently, for the year 2019, Parabellum sits at the number. Eight spot, just behind Detective Pikachu, which it'll probably stay even with or pass this weekend, and it might uh, eventually pass Shazam. I don't see it passing How to Train Your Dragon, so it'll probably finish as of right now in the number in the top six. I mean, there's a lot more movies to come out this year, uh, and of course, number one for this year is uh, Avengers. <laughs> so, which is currently at eight hundred twenty million dollars, followed by of, another movie that nobody watched, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, which made four hundred twenty. <laughs> wow! And then Aladdin is at four at two twelve, <laughs> which you is a movie that I was also promised would flop. Another movie that over super overperformed <laughs> and was we were promised might flop was uh, Us, sits at one hundred seventy five million dollars as of time of recording. <laughs> so it's actually been a really decent movie for films year in terms of movies. Good, I'm so proud of Us, not Us, the movie Us. Yeah, we suck. <laughs> that, well, I just glance. I'm glancing over at at your what you had pulled up there, and it's the. I mean, it's def. It's at least the the highest grossing original film of the year. Yep, that's not point, based on a property or a sequel, or, yeah, mm-hmm. or, a, or a sequel to something else. Um, to get another movie on that thing, you'd have to go down to the upside, starring Kevin Hart, and um, that's a remake. That's a remake. Uh, oh, is that a remake? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, French well, film. My apologies. Alita: Battle Angel, maybe. Well, that's based off of is anime. It? Oh my gosh, and you have to go ex- Escape Room. Escape Room? Yeah, number, number, number 16. Number 16. There you go. Also a good movie. Also Much movie. better than it deserves. Or than it, the, it's you been a good year for, for films, I think, this year. Yeah, um, a lot more to go. So, uh, wrapping it up, it will soon be the third highest grossing movie for Keanu Reeves, passing one of the Matrix movies. I don't really care to go into which ones. Uh, it will likely uh, finish as the sixth highest grossing film for Halle Berry. Uh, I looked up this stat. Five, if you look at her top six movies, five of them are sequels. So, the only uh, the, her highest grossing film that's not a sequel is are they all X Men movies? They're all X Men, yeah. and um, that's her big thing. One other thing. Yeah. So she's in the Flintstones. Um, how does not it her stack big thing. up in the series? Uh, unlike Night at the Museum and many other franchises, this is not a case of diminishing returns. John Wick is the rare example of a box office crescendo. He had forty three million dollars for the first, ninety two for the second, and one hundred fifty million give or take, for the third. This movie, these films get more successful with each release. It'll be really interesting to see where John Wick 4 ends up. Yeah. I'm going to say between $190 million and 200 it's, depending on when they release it. It's no wonder that they're they're branching off into sequels and spinoffs and TV shows now. Yeah. No. If cool. they release uh, John Wick 4 in, in February like they did John Wick 2, I think it could easily make $200 million. So you are also running 
a Rotten Tomatoes game this week because you won last week. John Wick Chapter 2 was 89%. Yep. So now we need to guess. My guess was wrong. I guessed, I, had, I wrote down my guess prior to... Oh, for this one. For the show. For this one, my guess was wrong. You'll have to tell us after, after we know. Um, so here we go. John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. I already got it pulled up. Rotten okay. Tomatoes score. Oh Let's my go God. First. There's no so, way that it can be lower than the second one. If it's lower than the second one, I'm mm, I'm going to scream. interesting statement. I'm mm. going to go with 91. 91 <sighs> from Andrew. Andrew firing out first with a 91. Joshua Garrett, guesses? I'm thinking. I... Mm, for those I'm gonna not remember. Go with an, I'm just going to do a 90. Even 90 from Garrett. Oh, Last week's chapter, chapter 2 was 89. I wanted to pick both of those numbers. Is it higher, Josh, or is it lower than those guesses? I mean, you can go higher and pick 92, then we got the full secessions. One of us has got to be right. I don't think it's I don't think it's in the 80s. But it probably is the lowest one of them all. <laughs> um, gosh. <sighs> 92, but you I don't, can always I don't change. think it's right. All right, the critical consensus, what does it say? It says John yeah. Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum reloads for another hard-hitting round of brilliantly choreographed, over-the-top action and fans of the f- that the fans of the franchise demand. Does anybody want to change? Oh. See, here's my thing. 90 for Andrew, 91. Here's my concern. I think that the, because this is more over-the-top. I wasn't 91. Oh, you were? I'm changing no, to 89. I'm no, I said I'm changing to 89. You're changing to 89. I want to get it in I, first. I think because... It's more over the top. I think critics are going to not like it as much. And that's my concern. Yeah, you said 90, right? I did. I'm going to drop it to 87. You're going to drop to 87? 89? 91. You're saying 91? Yeah. You're going to keep it. You 89? 89. 91. 91. So what do we do when two people are the same distance from it? Oh, man. Um, Tiebreaker with the audience score. Oh! Oh! So... Well, <laughs> currently, as of June eighth, twenty nineteen, John Wick Chapter Three has a ninety percent score. Oh, I shouldn't have changed tomato. it. Oh, I right shouldn't have changed it. Garrett, that's the well, highest one. Then Garrett was spot on. It is the highest. Eighty six, eighty nine, ninety. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, reviews. That's true. It that's based change. on two hundred ninety three reviews. Okay. So the audience score for a tiebreaker because you had ninety one, uh-huh. right? No, I had eighty nine. You had eighty nine. You had ninety one. Technically, Josh was close without going over, but we won't play by those. I had 90. I'm just going to throw it out there, and then I I thought too much. So the audience score, how much of these does the audience love this based on 22,000 reviews? I'm going to go. Oh, go ahead. (laughs) Who goes first? What if we do it again? Oh, man. 88. 88 from Josh. I'm going to go with 92. 92 from Andrew. Oh, God. And in a Stunning. Let me say, ah, maybe stunning. the best version of the Rotten Tomatoes game that's ever been had on the show. Oh my gosh! Dun, 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 With the exact right audience score, Josh Gammon is your winner for Rotten Tomatoes game this week. Eighty-eight percent from the audience. A full popcorn bucket. A full popcorn bucket. Yay! Well, I'm proud. I guess. <laughs> there you go. So uh, let's do our personal reviews now. You get to do the game next week uh, for uh, Toy Story. Which we'll yeah, be about we minute. haven't even announced yet what we just did, though. <laughs> it, it, That's okay. But you talked about it a minute. Nah, we did. We did. Anyway, we did. point we is, so, personal ranks. Um, four out of five bullets. I, too, will give four out of five. 
I've yeah. actually been talked up to a four. I was initially also giving this one a three point five, like I did Chapter Two, but I've been talked up to a four just based on the conversations we've been having. And you know what, John Wick, you got four fours. All right, oh four bullets out of five from us. <laughs> Whatever. How do we rank the series in order? Like how do like one, three, two. Uh, one, three, three, one, two. I'll go one, three, with the. Uh, I'll go with three. Two, one. Oh. I like John Wick the first one, but I think I, I think they've gotten better as they've gone along, and I enjoy myself. Three, two, one. How do we? Uh, how, do we want to? Uh, let's see here. Oh, we don't have to spin the wheel. I was going to say to you. Yeah, no, no, we're just so we're going to do Toy Story next week because Toy Story four is coming out in uh, the end of June. I don't know when this is coming. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Listen, so you're going to have a little bit of a buffer. We're so going to give you guys have, time. Yeah, you'll have time, time to go see Toy Story 4 so you can join us along that ride. Mm-hmm. I believe that Toy Story episode, based uh, on timing, will come out three, the, the day. 24th. Yeah, the week after our Toy Story, Toy Story 4 is released. Yeah. Yep. So we'll, yeah, we'll do Toy Story 1, 2, 3, and then we will all collect together in mid July. To absolutely ball our eyes out. I'm not going to be okay. I'm not going to be okay. Listen, (laughs) I'm not going to be okay. Can I? I want to. I feel like I want to read some of those. Yeah, do it. I was going to. I'm going to tell you. So, like, Toy Story three. To this day, (laughs) even just thinking about it leaves me in an emotional wreck Mm -hmm. that I can't even accurately describe. Because if I talk about it, I'm not going to be okay. Like, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have a panic attack and i i didn't think there was a way that that could happen again and i was against toy story 4 and i have slowly over time come to accept it because tim allen and tom hanks both have said that they both got physically emotional reading their last lines going through some of the things that josh is about to read i have an idea of what's going to happen and somehow I think that will hurt me more than Toy Story 3. And Toy I Story, just, I just. I have a very similar but different reaction. I didn't really cry watching Toy Story 3. It was very emotional, but I was just so. After how deep they put you in with thinking of how it's going to end. Yeah. Because there's, I, I mean, I'm to spoil like a eight, seven year old Yeah, it's a nine year old movie at yeah. this point. But there's a moment where you think all the characters are going to die a certain way. And yep. it's really like, and they're so they sort of come to acceptance with it in yep. a really beautiful way. Yep. And then for them to uh, manage to get out of that situation and get the ending we got, I was, I was like laughing in uh, excitement at how cool and how like cathartic the ending was being. I was like, uh, I like my body wanted to cry, but I was so happy that like, I was just kind of like, I was just I was like fist pumping I was distraught that they even brought that like the fact that I I too accepted that this was gonna happen I couldn't nope I I wept uncontrollably at Toy Story 3 (laughs) I'm not ashamed to say it Um, it's the hardest I've ever cried in a film but I think it also has a little to do with the uh, the context of our lives, uh, perhaps at the time. Yeah. Toy Story is a movie that uh, the three of us grew up with. Andrew's ancient, so I don't know. <laughs> he, yeah, we, they, uh, he was just getting into the talkies, I think. People are people our age are basically <laughs> Andy. College when the like, so Toy Story 3 came out in 2009. <laughs> yeah. um, all of us had very recently 
graduated high school, yep. which is really the first major event in a person's uh, uh, grown life. Mm-hmm. So the end of that chapter coupled with the end of this chapter in such an emotional way yep. was very um, uh, hard to handle. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I am curious if Toy Story 4 can reach that level of it's like a perfect storm type of situation mm-hmm. for me anyway. But um, Disney Pixar had a press screening for Toy Story 4. And these are some spoiler-free reactions from critics. So there are no spoilers in what I'm about to read. However, if you don't want to know anything, you should just go ahead and turn this off now and know that we'll do Toy Story after this. So here we go. Critics critics reviews, these are, these are tweets, so they're not very long. Toy Story 4. Only Pixar at the top of their game can make a third sequel to a franchise about living toys that's at... Uh, that's a poignant look at learning to prioritize your own happiness over the happiness of others. Also, it feels as definitively final as three did and Keanu Reeves steals it all. Toy Story 4 is also funny, especially since Duke Kaboom, Forky and Ducky and Bunny are straight up amazing additions to an ensemble. I already love. Oh, here you go. Here you go. That's the one. Toy Story 4 is another fantastic entry in the series and the one installment that feels most like an adventure movie. With themes of hard goodbyes, second chances, and finding your way home, it's packed with belly laughs, but I also cried harder here than I have for any of the others. Hmm. Um, Let's see, let's get another couple good ones here. The level of animation that Pixar has achieved in the film is astounding. Keanu Reeves is so awesome as Duke Kaboom. The theater we saw it in was a bit dusty, and I love the entire movie so well done. Absolutely recommend it is as lovely and warm and heartbreaking as Toy Story 3. Genuine belly laughs. I cried four times during Toy Story 4. Twice actually cry crying and twice crying because I was laughing so hard. Mm. And I'll end with this one. Toy Story 4 is so much fun and easily the funniest of the four movies. Strongly recommend. So there's an awful lot, lot of high praise for Toy Story 4. A lot to look forward to. I look, I look forward to rewatching the series. I am so pumped. I'm going to watch them all before 4 comes out. Yeah. I feel like 4 is going to be weirdly... Um, uh, is going to have that same feeling that 3 did and 2 did, kind of. Because I feel like... Because of when you and I and Garrett and, for the most part, Andrew was born. It kind of weirdly mirrors our <laughs> growing up. Too. Like, I'm basically the same age as Andy. Yeah. And so, right. like, it mirrored my growing up. He was going up. off to college in three, I believe. And and I, I had that. I've, I had I had it a little younger than Andy did. I think I did it at, like, 16. But I had that moment of having to, like, give away toys and give away stuff that I had no more. We put away the, the childhood things for the most part. And it was kind of it is kind of a weird moment to, like, look at something that you put all of your imagination and thought in to as a kid and put that away. And so I'm really interested to see what it does here now that Andy's sort of been remo- removed and the characters that remain are those toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I don't know. We, we, we're belaboring the point here, but we're looking forward to Toy Story 4. We're looking forward to rewatching yeah. it. We hope you rewatch it with us. Be yeah. sure to send us your one words for Toy Stories 1, 2, and 3. Oh, yeah. Do that. Okay. So, that wraps up this week. Um, and it wraps up John Wick June. Yes. But we'll be continuing <laughs> Keanu June. Keanu. <laughs> the year of Keanu continues. Keanu. Keanu. No, doesn't work. Stop making it. It's continue, not going to work. Not, con- this is not going to work. Keanu. Keanu. No. Keanu. Keanu Reeves. No. Keanu. You guys are just trying too hard. You're Keanu, embarrassing yourself. You know, we Keanu Lai. We should have Keanu Lai. No. 
This is not working. We should have watched the movie Keanu while we were in in in, in addition to being. I smell a bonus episode. <laughs> you guys are trying to. We're right? going to do The Matrix after Toy Story, right? No. Oh, well, the see, wheel says if so. the wheel says so. We'll be back on a wheel after that. Oh yeah. I think I'm unless there's something else that we're coming I'm out. Pushing with. for Keanu for Matrix. <laughs> I want I want this to be the year. Of Keanu. We did have three uh three recent sequels open up this weekend. We had the sequel to the X-Men series, Godzilla, Boom. and Secret uh, Life of Pets. So we've got some new sequels in the box office good. this weekend. Okay. Uh, you can find us online at facebook.com slash so many sequels pod and on Twitter, on Instagram, and Instagram. Just do the same thing there. Uh, listen to all of our past episodes. Uh, you can go back and relive John Wick June whenever you want. It doesn't have to be June. <laughs> That's true. John Wick June lives all year. Um, <laughs> you can do that on the Soundstooth app. It is free on the um, iTunes, or not iPhone store, the App Store. The App Store. And the Android Google Play Store. Soundstooth is a local app um, with entertainers from the Tulsa, Oklahoma area. A lot so of good podcasts on there. Go check them out. We want to push for that app first. Yep. Because it's the best. And then, you know, we're also on iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify. All that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see you next time for Toy Story 1. Until then. You know what you need from Keanu Reeves? Sequels. Lots of sequels. I just want a hug. Ha, 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 ha.